Hello and welcome to this all-new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley. And very quickly before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention as always that Poetry Spoken Here is produced by Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated, a small digital production company making podcasts about poetry, literature, and cultural history. You can find out more about Poetry Spoken Here and all of the other Cardboard Box Productions podcasts at cardboardboxproductionsinc.com. And, most excitingly, Cardboard Box Productions also has a newsletter called Unboxed that you can subscribe to, and that's a great place to get more information about the poets and writers featured on Poetry Spoken Here, and the people, poems, and subjects featured on all of the other Cardboard Box shows. So again, that's the newsletter Unboxed that you can subscribe to from CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. On with the show! I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. We have a special episode today. Instead of having a single featured poet, we're talking to Don Evans, founding executive director of the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame, and Al DiGenova, founding editor of After Hours Press and After Hours Magazine, which has been with us since 2000, which is a pretty long run for an independent magazine. And what we're going to be doing, the reason we're having this kind of episode is because just a few days ago, on June 13th, there was a publication that came out called Wherever I'm At, an anthology of Chicago poetry. And believe me, folks, it's a wonderful anthology. There are so many poets and so many excellent poems about the city of Chicago. This book, I think, is going to be around for a long time. And the creation of the book took a long time. And and Don's going to tell us, we'll start off with Don telling us a little bit about that, because it's a very interesting history. Uh, He told me that I submitted my poem for it back in 2009. So, Don, what do you say? Do you have some some of the word? And tell us about your co-editor, too, Robin. Sure. Um, Robin Metz uh, started this project with Nina Corwin back in 2009. Robin had the idea to do an anthology of Chicagoland poetry. And his vision was to um, collect poets from with some affiliation with Chicago and the suburbs and the outlying areas that are uh, close to Chicago and put together uh, a book um, that Uh, reflected the city and its values. And when I met Robin, we were at the old open books on um, the the original location on Institute Place. And we were both published. uh, I had a story and he had a poem in a journal. And it was one of those readings, you know, kind of a nasty night, uh, gray and rainy and, um, and probably not a lot of promotion done. And uh, in any event, nobody showed up for the audience, it was just us contributors, you know? And so we sat around um, a little awkwardly for a little bit. And and then finally we decided, okay, it's, we've waited long enough, nobody's here, let's go get something to drink. And Robin and I became immediate friends. He uh, was, he died of pancreatic cancer um, about three and a half years ago, I believe now. And he, um, he was just a joy 
He was an inspiration. He was a great poet. Uh, he started the creative writing program at Knox College and ran it for 51 years. He was uh, um, an ambassador for literature and culture and all manner. And he was always somebody who was uh, trying to do this and that, he had a project. And, and this was one of the things that Robin had taken on that he could not um, bear the weight of. He, um, he uh, recruited Nina back after, you know, he had come up with the idea for the book uh, because Nina um, knew a lot of the poets on the scene and they sent out a call for poems and poets and writers and then solicited people that they knew and they collected some poems. And as Robin and I became closer friends and he came out for Chicago Literary Hall of Fame events and I would go to Galesburg for Sandberg Festival of the Mind um, events, I read a poem at a statue dedication and did a panel discussion and Robin and his wife Liz um, had a, a small theater that they ran in Chicago called Vitalist. When this was beginning, did he or you guys together envision something like what it is? Because this is this is a, a really substantial book. I mean, it's what, 350 pages or so? Uh, did you envision something like that? Did you know it would be a grand anthology or well, was it just saying let's see what we get yeah by the time i took it over uh it had been dormant for 10 years and so um like your poem was part of what so robin uh over the years would say you know uh, who are some of the poets i should include you know and i would give them some names and and then forget about it because it wasn't my project it was robin and nina's mm -hmm. and then and then Nina and Robin, uh, partly because of Robin's uh, inability to move forward and get some things done, Nina um, was uh, ended her partnership with Robin, and he continued on, but really didn't make any progress for for many many years. And so this hung over him. I think it was one of the things that he felt uh, he felt was an important project for Chicago. It was um, an embarrassment to him because he had, you know, promised uh, to get this book done and hadn't get it done. I think he felt some obligation to Nina that he had, you know, um, let her down. Um, so he called me uh, when he was in his, you know, last stages of cancer. And he asked me if, you know, I would take over the book. Um, he, he thought it would be something that I would be both good at and excited about and also he thought it would be great for the chicago literary hall of fame and i think it will be and it yes. is because it's our first you know major publication so i went out to uh his um home in door county that he had built himself and um we you know i his widow his now widow his wife liz uh helped to transfer all the files to me and i had big bins of you know poems and stuff and i took them with me. And um, shortly after that, Robin passed away. And I started to basically, I basically started over. You know, I tried to, to be true to what Robin and Nina had done originally, and look through it. Um, but there was very, there was scant evidence on, um, upon which to, to go. But during those two days, I was in Door County. Uh, you know, Robin, uh, he he tried to impart to me the vision of what he had yeah. and his, his ideas were always grand. 
and I think mine are too. <laughs> so by the time I got into it, um, and I think part of it is a process of, you know, uh, deceiving yourself, right? Like I thought at first, well, this won't be so bad. You know, I, I can, you know, I know a lot of these poets and I know other poets I want to be in. But then the more you get into it, the more you realize if you want this to be truly exceptional and lasting, then there's these other poets that you need to get and the artwork and and then getting the collaboration with After Hours Press and Al was the final big piece because we I got into the point where I thought I had a manuscript, but then it had to be turned into a book and Al became um, an equal partner in the final stages of collecting poems, uh, editing the poems, arranging the poems, uh, and um, having that partnership was was important. And all along, I tried to you know keep in mind. I would think, man, Robin would love this poem, even though I don't like it that much because it's <laughs> esoteric. Yeah. But Robin would love this poem, so we're going to use it. I don't understand it exactly, but I know Robin would. Yeah. Al, did you get involved in? in uh, any of the poem selection or were they already there by the time you uh when dan first told me about the project you know i had um i was familiar with it because i had submitted some of my own poetry to it years ago and i thought it had disappeared and and i thought that was pretty exciting that dan was taking it over and this thing was going to happen so um that was probably a good six months or so before we actually got really hard at work on things so mm. by in that time Don had like he said put together a pretty complete manuscript and he had ordered the poems and then I started laying it out and turning it into a book but um as as that process progressed then we had you know more con you know contributors and you know Don had you know would send me you know we've got three poems from this person two from this one what do you like? And then a lot of um, work with the artwork and trying to, you know, play, because we've got a, a lot of artwork in this book of oh, poetry, that's true. Which, yeah. which you don't, you know, usually have in an anthology. So um, there was that, you know, matching art and putting that in the yeah. right place and things like that. So um, yeah, in answer to your question, though, I, I didn't have a big uh, hand in selecting the poems. That mm. was, you know, Don had done most of that oh, heavy lifting. Okay. And, um, but by, you know, so, you know, and then one of the things about this book is that every, there's only one poem from each contributor. So that's why there's so many contributors and every poem has some, some taste of Chicago in it, whether it's direct or implied. Mm -hmm. And um, so you really get a, a sense of the city, whereas, you know, after hours journal, yeah. we, we didn't ever require that for the journal that it was just, you had to be a Chicagoan to be in after yeah. hours, the journal. So this is a, is very different. It's really exciting to, uh, to be part of this. So, yeah. Um, well, you know, I think it's about time to hear a poem. <laughs> okay. We want to give folks a little sampling here. And so sort of mixing humanities and art you know the humanities talk about it and the art does it <laughs> when you're going for the grant <laughs> yeah i you know anything you want that just you feel like you know all right well we've got some we've got you know a lot of people who are around the chicago poetry scene but we've also got some people in here who are very big names in the the national poetry mm -hmm. world so i'm going to read a poem from Tahimba Jess, who is a, um, a Pulitzer Prize winning poet in Chicago, or he was from Chicago, he lives in New York now. 
So this is a poem by Tahimba called Long Live the Checkerboard Lounge. Long live the checkerboard lounge, slow steeped in buddy guys, stratocaster, calloused fingertips conjured from collard green Mississippi choruses. Checkerboard, you scotch and whiskeyed a razor cut funk into my bony youth. Anointed me your high-heeled sneakered sneer, pushed my head into the diatonic mouth of a hungered harmonica hole, burnt this Motown child into a cauldron of juke, spread my legs akimbo with shuffle, coated my tongue with south side pavement. Checkerboard, transom door to Eshu's greedy workshop of gyrated hip, cellar beneath the gospel moan of Thomas Dorsey's precious hands on tattered keyboard, you bore me to strummed sacred wattage near the intersection of Martin Luther King Drive and Muddy Waters Drive. I still savor each holler you spat into my mouth, the humbucked feedback you lesioned into my brain. Dear checkerboard, university of carnal capacity, delivered unto metal and smoke, you rode me into Chicago's gunshot dawn with lopsided grin on my hips. I stride, stagger your neon corpuscles through every door I wander. Oh, yeah. And folks listening, Al's delivery was just right for the way the rhythm of that poem comes at <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you, Chad. That, that is a very Chicago-style poem. And the content, the sound, and all that, the way it rolls. Yeah. You know, Charlie, <laughs> one of the, uh, you know, after Al became partner in this thing, uh, one of the things that uh, was really useful to me was to be able to help him, uh, have him help me to, to look at uh, multiple, you know, poems that we got from different artists. Uh, early on before Al, I had, for example, Edward Hirsch send me two poems. I had uh, Campbell McGrath send me three poems. I had Marianne Baruch send me three poems. Um, and they were all so good that it, paralyzed yeah. me like i'm like <laughs> how can i how can i leave these other two poems out of the book yeah, yeah. because they're so fantastic but i i wanted to 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 be true to what i felt was an important rule of the book which is that everybody gets one poem and that way we have a a huge range of poems uh and diverse in every way not just um uh black and white and hispanic but younger poets, older poets, uh, verse poems, odes, um, uh, yeah. poets from the West side and South side and from the posh suburbs. And, uh, but, but I know that I knew that it was a great book when um, people started asking me, well, what's your favorite poem? And every single time somebody asked me, I had a different answer. Yeah. It's <laughs> really hard when when i was looking through the anthology to just pick a couple poems to read for you charlie the um it's really hard to pick your favorite poems out of this collection yeah. it's you know it's easier to pick the big names um yeah, sure. but it, but the you know the small names which is not to put anybody down is mm. they're just as powerful poems there's a lot of great one thing i did notice too is uh you guys did not shy away from poem length there's a couple of poems in there I think are like six or eight pages long. And that's 
I don't think that's real common. You know, it, uh, you publish those longer poems in your book, but, but you can't, can't get too many magazines to take them. And even in an anthology, there's this reluctance to, you know, spend too many pages on a, a particular poet or poem. And it looked to me like you guys didn't shy away from that at all. There was more than one that was, you know, five, six pages long. Yeah, no, that's very true. And you're absolutely right. You you rarely see long poems in anthologies, but yeah. that was kind of, you know, that's the way Don delivered the manuscript. And um, there, um, I mean, his reason for selecting them, I'll let him answer that. But I think it re they, the ones that are longer are are important to the to the feel of the book and because they're long didn't stop us <laughs> yeah i'm with you it helps it, i can see the poet has more i mean they have time to get into what they're getting into and it works for me what, what do you got to say on that don well you know it was really the the before we got into all of the details about how long is this book getting you know is it too long how expensive is it getting is it getting too expensive I tried to forget about all that stuff and just choose the poem that was the best poem and the one that was yeah. you know, best represented Chicago and the author. So a couple examples were uh, Jim McManus. I reached out to him and Stuart Dybeck had recommended him. I knew Jim's uh, prose work, um, great uh, novels and, and memoirs and, yeah. Um, but I, I, I wasn't aware of his poetry work. So he sent me, you know, I, I said, Jim, you know, it's got to be a Chicago poem. You know, it's got to, you know. So he said, I only have a few of those. One of them was the poem that is in the book now. Mm -hmm. And that's a very long poem. And the other one was a very short poem. And the very short poem was a good poem, but it wasn't, it didn't capture Chicago in the way that the long poem did. And the more I read the long poem, the more I loved it. And I thought, well, we'll just have to make space for it. And the other one, the, another good example was, uh, uh, was uh, David Trinity, who, um, you know, had several different poems. He was one of the uh, poets who had submitted long ago. And um, he has a, a poem in here that is a series of like journal entries about the moon, uh, the moon notebook. Um, and, and as I read the poem, each one, it, it just created these different layers of like subtle differences in Chicago life and the way he, mm -hmm. you know, the moon was always there, but he was at different spots in the city doing different things, always at that same time when the moon was out. And, I, I, you know, again, it was just a poem that really captured me I thought really showed a part of Chicago and being a Chicago and it was important to include. And, and my philosophy was we'll figure out later what yeah. that means in terms of the length and the cost and all that stuff. Just make it work. Yeah. Oh, I got to mention while we're here. Also, Hakeem Adabuti's Third World Press is a co, you call it co-publisher, part of your power structure to make this happen and yeah. i just thought that was great when i saw that it just proved to me that you were paying attention and looking at the whole city and getting to him way down there on the south side mm -hmm. yeah it um i mean don has a, a relationship with hockey and third world press and i think part, you know not so much you know purposely just because it, it is a you know an african-american press it wasn't 
you know, we were purposely trying to be diverse. It's just that they offered us a lot. You know, Haki was very supportive. He's a great guy. <laughs> and um, because they're bigger than After Hours Press, they're also able to really help us facilitate distribution, and which is critical to the success of the sure. book. Yeah, and Haki has, uh, you know, we honored him with the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame's Lifetime Achievement Award called yeah. the Full um, uh, back in, I want to say 2015. And um, I had known him since the beginning of the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame. He was one of the first people that I called and he was on our first selection committee. He was at our first induction ceremony. And he is, um, in addition to being one of our very best poets and thinkers and activists uh, and institution builders, he's just a generous um, yeah. and, and really supportive human being. And he, um, he uh, long ago said, you know, if you ever have a book done that you, you know, uh, you know, want to get published, Third World Press is, you know, come to Third World Press and we'll, we'll get it done. And this was the one that I thought fit the best in part because there are, there are quite a few uh, contributors in this book that are, that have been previously published or have a relationship with Third World Press. Yeah. And he's a major, I mean, Chicago person coming back and quote, giving back to the community. It's what the guy does. Yeah. Right. We're talking about Hakeem Matabuti, folks. I got to say that because he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? How about another poem, Al? We don't have much time left. How about another okay. poem? All right. So I'll read a poem um, by Stuart Dybeck, who is another uh, Chicago literary superstar. Again, this is a very uh, Chicago poem. And myself growing up on the southwest side of Chicago, I was never very far from the Chicago Sanitary and Ship Canal, which is one of those defining features of the south side of Chicago or southwest side. And this is a poem uh, that talks about that explicitly. So by Stuart Dybeck, Daredevil. Here's what we've come to see. A boy in greasy jeans, t-shirt plastered to his ribs by a wind that doesn't blow on those of us sweltering below. He's scaling a railroad bridge above the open sewer that in the hood we call the Chicago Insanitary Canal. Swinging between girders, the kid who couldn't have a pat, couldn't heave a pass or hit a ball if his life depended on it, a wuss, too chicken to punch back, transformed before our eyes into an acrobat without a net, exhilarated by the proximity of death. One misstep, from dashing out his brains and suddenly assured at that ultimate athlete, a cat, he balances along a ledge and shimmies a high voltage pole, ignoring signs that picture skulls and promise both danger and peligroso. He's learned the edges theater and mounts the stage, not a star, but some rogue artist of the strange, a fool who turns us into uncrowned kings, craning our necks as he ascends a rusted drain pipe and outlined against cinematic sky, leaps the streak of blue between the roofs. Look, three stories high, he's clawed the bricks to Rita Robles's bedroom sill, peeping in while she gets dressed for Sunday school. Hey, we know a dare's not about being brave, but being crazy which is as close as some guys come to being cool. Ooh, those last slides are just great, aren't they? 
yeah, yeah that's a, yeah, yeah. A very sh Chicago poem. It Another is very one. very. There are so many good poems there, folks. We are talking with Don Evans and Al DiGenova about the new anthology, wherever I'm at, an anthology of Chicago poetry, and it's uh, just released in mid June, 2022. Whenever you're listening to this, you can know that. And uh, it's it's a fabulous book, I got to tell you. If you don't have it, your library, you should certainly get your library to buy it if you don't want to buy it, because every library should have it if they want to have something about Chicago. Okay, guys, it's been great. And uh, there you go. A beautiful episode. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. It's been fun. All right. Well, as I say, this is Poetry Spoken Here. I'm your host, Charlie Rossiter. Be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.